This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Taunite Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student, and if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. Now, I'm not going to explain uh, the program this, this week because this is a bonus episode, and basically what happened um, is Jesse Waters let me down. Of course he does. Jesse Waters will always let you down. Just learn that. If you learn nothing else from this podcast... Know that the man with bushy eyebrows and suspiciously too much hair will let you down. He's like in his 40s. It's a lot of hair for somebody his age. Anyway, I'm being a little, I'm being a little snarky because he made my, my week miserable. So I'm just going to get into it because it's going to be a long one. And before I get into it, as a reminder, because this project is scheduled to uh, officially end mid-February, although I don't know because I'm getting more donors now uh, than I have in the past, and I'm hoping to keep it running. I have a Patreon for Decoding Fox News that's basically a Patreon that you can donate to the fund if you'd like to, to help keep this this uh, project going. I also have, like, a, there's a dollar sign on my Twitter that goes to a cash app. It's a fairly cheap project to keep going because it is a one-woman show, hence the theme song for the show that I actually... People keep asking me about the theme song. It was just purchased from a website, Premium Beat, that sells songs for podcasts, and it's called Eat Your Heart Out. (laughs) I searched in the punk section, like a dork, and when I heard the... Uh, welcome to my one-woman show. I went, that's my song. That's my song, because that's this project. Okay, so here we go. I'm just going to get right into it. Here's the headline. How Fox News melted down over the Speaker of the House fiasco. A condensed overview of, brace yourself, 24 hours of Fox News coverage. Oh, why did I do that to myself? Here we go. I'll explain. It's in the writing. Here we go. Fox News has played a definitive role in the radicalization of the Republican Party. Instead of blunting the most extreme personalities in the party, the network has amplified them. The most popular primetime hosts have promoted conspiracy theories and increased hateful rhetoric towards immigrants, the LGBTQ population, and people of color, all in the name of higher ratings and advertising revenue. The vitriolic infighting inside the House of Representatives last week that resulted in four days and 15 ballots before Representative Kevin McCarthy was elected Speaker of the House was a direct result of Fox News and other media outlets fueling the worst aspects of the GOP. Republicans' refusal to stand up to former President Trump after the attack on the U.S. Capitol and his many abuses of power have also fueled the divide. Despite high inflation and an unpopular president, the Republicans only managed a razor-thin majority in the House while remaining in the minority in the Senate. The American people are sick of the craziness and let the party know it in ballot boxes all over the country. According to my analysis of the Fox News coverage from last week, the network has learned nothing. 
News anchors complained about the extremist factions in the Republican Party while simultaneously giving them the largest national platform on cable television. Members of the Freedom Caucus were invited on as guests across multiple shows last week for a total of 58 minutes. Their interviews made up about 6% of the total airtime, the same amount the network dedicated to the border crisis, DeMar Hamlin, and the University of Idaho murders. Last week, I meant to cover Fox & Friends, The Five, and Jesse Waters' primetime. Waters made the unexpected choice to nearly completely ignore the Speaker of the House crisis. I didn't think it was fair to my readers and listeners if I didn't cover the other primetime shows given these circumstances. On Wednesday, I decided to go back and capture and analyze Tucker Carlson Tonight, Hannity, and The Ingram Angle. So yes, the biggest lightweight in Fox primetime, Mr. Eyebrows and Hair, Mr. I slash the tires of my intern, I joke about it, while I was a married man to get the intern to go out with me, he did joke about that, I clipped it and it got a million views, that was my first big tweet for this account, Mr. Jesse Waters let me down. That's why I say don't rely on Jesse Waters because you're just going to be broken. You're going to be broken (laughs) because you're going to add... Three extra hours on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to your schedule in order to keep up. So, yeah, go go for it, Jesse Waters. I don't know what he was thinking. Like, what do you think your show is on? Do you think that Fox is not a political show? I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, Jesse Waters, but okay. Uh, well, you'll find out how stark it was in a moment. I'm going to reveal the numbers. So I do an analysis of each show that I watch and analyze. I have spreadsheets and I go through how long they talked about something and I add it up at the end of the week. So Fox and Friends, I only do the first hour because the show is a morning show. So it tends to be first hour and then they'll repeat second hour and they'll repeat third. They repeat a lot of the same themes, stories, the whole nine yards. So the number one topic for the week was the Speaker of the House, which got 37% of the airtime. Now, interestingly enough, even though they kept complaining about extremist voices, they uh, interviewed two members of the Freedom Caucus. Those, these are representatives who were anti-McCarthy. This is Representative Byron Daniels of Florida and Representative Scott Perry of Kentucky, and he was a trip. Whew. They both spoke for six minutes, so that's a lengthy segment for Fox News. So they gave them 12 minutes of airtime. Um, and Scott Perry's segment was highly entertaining because he just basically screamed at the camera the whole time. So the five never has guests, very rarely has a guest. Their number one topic for the week was also Speaker of the House at 25% of airtime. Now, Jesse Waters primetime. Number one topic for the week was Sam Bankman Freed, which I don't know how topical that that was, all things considered. And then Waters only spent 1.2% of his total airtime on the Speaker of the House story. Um, kind of strange. And he just kind of joked about it. That's the only time he really spent on it. And he made one of the segments about himself, which we'll get to. He did not uh, interview any U.S. representatives last week. Tucker Carlson tonight. 
Number one topic for the week was also Speaker of the House, which he spent 22% of his airtime on. He did not interview any Freedom Caucus members. He did interview uh, Representative Thomas Massey from Kentucky. Uh, Massey was pro-McCarthy. Hannity, number one topic for the week, was Speaker of the House vote at 43% of the airtime. And that's with an asterisk because on Wednesday, a large chunk of his show was wiped out by a live feed of the Pope's funeral in Vatican City. Um, number of caucus members he had on last, Freedom Caucus members he had on last week were three. He interviewed Representative Lauren Boebert for an extended, this was staggering, 10.25 minutes. So it's a little over 10 minutes. He also, the next day, invited Representative Matt Gates and Representative Lauren Boebert to appear together for nearly five minutes. And then he also interviewed Representative Chip Roy for a slightly over five minutes. Hannity also interviewed Representative James Comer and Representative John James for a total of nine and a half minutes combined. And those two members were pro-McCarthy as well. But he gave, I mean, this is what's so staggering. With all of his complaints about what was going on in the House, his way of handling it was to give more airtime to Boebert, Gates, and Roy, three members who were actively fighting against McCarthy becoming Speaker. I don't really understand that reward situation. So these are people who you say are gumming up the works, and you're like, you know, you know what they need? More attention. We need to put them on the largest cable network platform in the country and just let them speak. That'll work. Um, and also I'll get to that later. There's some telling quotes about that. Weirdly, Hannity also repeated a quote by, I've never seen him do this before. He repeated the exact same quote with the exact same graphics about President Ronald Reagan on Tuesday and on Thursday. I thought I kind of lost my mind because <laughs> I was kind of cramming all of these down uh, fairly quickly because I had to catch up with the week because I decided to do this midweek. Uh, but no, he did it both days. And the quote from Ronald Reagan is, Ronald Reagan said to have told his staff that the person who agrees with you 80% of the time is a friend and ally, not a 20% traitor. And of course, you know, I get Reagan. They worship Reagan. But, ugh, okay, that's kind of desperate and sad that you repeated the exact same segment two days in the same week. Now, the Ingram angle was even worse than Hannity when it came to the Freedom Caucus. So her number one topic for the week uh, was, of course, Speaker of the House, which she dedicated 49% of airtime. And on Friday, she spent the entire show, half of which she was going back and forth to a live feed from the House of Representatives. Now, this is even more staggering because the Ingram angle lost her entire broadcast on Wednesday to the Pope's funeral. Uh, Fox News showed an entire live stream from Vatican City with no commercials, and they just wiped out her show completely. So she, yet she still had 59% of her airtime dedicated to this story. Now, she... Uh, interviewed a number of Freedom Caucus U.S. representatives, five total, for a total of 25 minutes roughly. She, rep she interviewed Representative Andy Harris, Chip Roy, Dan Bishop, Matt Gates, and Ralph Norman. She interviewed exactly one representative who is not a Freedom Caucus member, and that was Representative Jim Banks. What was even more laughable is on one of her shows, I believe it was uh, Tuesday, she said, oh, I'm going to show both sides. 
So she interviewed Jim Banks, and who supports McCarthy, and then she's like, thank you so much for your time. And then she cut to Chip Roy and gave him twice as much time. <laughs> and, you know, most viewers may not have noticed that, but when you're sitting there watching her program with a spreadsheet, counting minutes underneath as she's speaking, you, you could tell this stuff immediately. And I went, wow, that's not even, you didn't even try to make that look equal. You, you represented Jim Banks for 3.25 minutes and went past seven minutes for uh, Chip Roy. Uh, just, you know, kind of blatant on that one. And she kept weirdly talking about her own politics, which she, they don't even try to appear like they're objective journalists. She just kept going, I'm more conservative than any of you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, great. So I made a little chart if you're watching the newsletter. Also, I should mention, because I just am getting to this now, if you want to see this in writing and not listen to the podcast, although you are listening to the podcast, it's kind of goofy. But um, if you want to see the charts, you can go to the newsletter, which is also free on my Substack. Same exact name. It should be right underneath the podcast. It just doesn't say podcast on it. So the chart, which I made in rainbow colors, is my way of sticking it to them a little bit because um, <laughs> they're so anti-LGBTQ. I thought, you know what? They need a rainbow chart. They need a rainbow chart. Okay. Fox and Friends, The Five, uh, Jesse Waters, Primetime, Tucker Carlson, Tonight, Hannity, and The Ingram Angle. And in this chart, you could see how pathetic Jesse Waters' primetime looks because nobody, everybody's over 20% for this story. And then Jesse Waters' primetime is 1.25. Wow. I don't, how does he get away with that? And then when I combined all 24 hours together, um, the number one, and put all of these together, including Jesse Waters, the number one story of the week was 20, at 31% was Speak of the House. The funeral of Pope Benedict received 10% of airtime. Then the border crisis, Damar Hamlin, the football player who had the horrible accident, and University of Idaho murders all tied at 6%. Now, I'm not going to talk much because there's a lot of media I want to cover. I'm going to try to just get to it as much as possible because I think it's very entertaining. So on the day that the new Congress was supposed to begin, Representative Kevin McCarthy didn't get enough votes um, to become Speaker of the House. Fox News switched to panic mode. Now, the most memorable interview from last week was the interview of Representative Scott Perry on Fox and Friends, who I'm only going to play parts of this because it would be very difficult to sit through it, where he just went on for six minutes straight, just kind of screaming at Steve Ducey. And Steve Ducey managed to get a few words in edgewise, but there was no letting up. It was just one big, I don't like Kevin McCarthy and he's a terrible man and you don't understand why I can't stand it and you shut up and I don't care and we're going to win and I've got six minutes of that, six minutes of that. And then Ducey going, wait, but c Congressman, 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 trying to get a word in edgewise. It was painful. I cut it up and just called it, um, turned it into like a two minute montage and called it Kevin McCarthy's Nightmare. Now, all the media clips are kind of long this week, um, but they include a bunch of different voices. I'm not going to stop at every single voice because I think it would just be nerve-wracking. You should probably recognize most of these people. What I did is I start from Fox and Friends, I go into the five, and then I go into the primetime shows. When necessary, I'm going to break this up and explain anything or cut something. So here you go. We're going to start with that crazy, crazy interview. Well, Steve, this is how this works. Did Promises that happen? are made prior... Prior to the speaker's election, once the speaker becomes elected, then promises aren't. So, yes, imagine six minutes of that. No let up, no variation on the voice, on the tone, on the volume or anything. Six minutes. Just some guy screaming at the camera. 
Next clip is from the five. Was digging in with the name calling started to ratchet up. I mean, they're talking about now internally in, within the party enemies. You know, that kind of yeah. thing is hard to forget. Ooh, but because right. it's on like our shows now, they're like, <laughs> yeah, like right. OK, this is this is for my future. I'm going to be like, yeah. I need to do this and make the people on Twitter happy or yeah. the people or my buddies in te- on television, you know, invite me more often. It's like the opposite of the squad. They make the squad look positively reasonable. OK, so the next up we have Tucker Carlson, which you can tell he's pro Freedom Caucus. But he doesn't have any of them on. He doesn't interview anybody the whole week. The fact that this race has not been settled by now is being described, especially online, by many as embarrassing. And it is embarrassing if you prefer the Soviet-style consensus of the Democratic Party's internal elections. That's what they do. But if you prefer democracy to oligarchy, if you prefer real debates about issues that actually matter, it's pretty refreshing to see it. He's, in fact, ideologically agnostic. He's flexible. His real constituency is the lobbying community in Washington. So if you've got sincere political beliefs, that is infuriating to watch. Least the January 6th files, not some of the January 6th files and video, all of it. And not to some phony committee that will hide them, that in fact is designed to hide them from the public, but put them online, release them to the public directly so that the rest of us can finally know what actually happened on January 6th. So very quickly, that's completely absurd because there's still active criminal investigations. So you're not going to get any of those. Notice he was dissing McCarthy subtly throughout that. Next, we have Hannity, who champions McCarthy, but then weirdly invites a bunch of Freedom Caucus people on his show. Now are on the verge of becoming a total clown show. Then I'm putting aside my frustration. But for those of you still worried about supporting McCarthy, I want you to consider this tonight. Sometimes you have to think through politics. Now, McCarthy has already publicly laid out his commitment to America plan. That is exactly the America first MAGA agenda that so many of you I know like. He has also publicly committed to blocking Biden's radical socialist agenda. Ronald Reagan say, what would Ronald Reagan do? Now, as President Reagan famously told his staff, quote, the person that agrees with you 80% of the time is a friend and an ally, not a 20% traitor. And again, he repeated that exact same segment with the same great uh, graphic on Thursday. He did it on Tuesday and Thursday. Very odd. So Ingram is next, and she's even more pro-Freedom Caucus, who anybody watching Fox would have kind of a whiplash situation here going from Tucker to Hannity to Ingram. All right. We hope this isn't going to be like a never-ending process. It's like electing a pope at this point. We're going to have white smoke come out of the Capitol. You know, I'm probably to the right of all a lot of you guys on a lot of these issues. So no one's going to be conservative enough for me. However, you still have to get to 218. So, again, I'm going to ask you, what is your end game? Well, you need more populists elected, right? I mean, the point is, there's still not a critical mass of populist Republicans. That's who I am. I'm not I'm not one of the pro-war Republicans. Like, I'm not. That's not me at all. So you need more America first populists, correct? You don't have the numbers yet. Now, very quickly, just paint a picture of any anchor on MSNBC just turning to the camera and saying, you know, the squad, they need more members because I'm a hardcore progressive and I'm more progressive than any member of the squad. If that actually happened, Fox News would take that clip and they would show it on a loop. They would show it on a loop. But for them, it's perfectly okay to be brazenly partisan. Now, these next clips are from Wednesday. I start with Fox and Friends and then go straight through the programming. 
Meanwhile, the New York Post summarizes it absolutely perfectly. They say, grow up. It's making the Republicans look ridiculous. We don't give in to other people when, when they're hostage situations. We can't give in here. Our, I find that Isn't astounding. Isn't it just ridiculous that these 20 think that they can change the minds of the 200? <laughs> I've never seen a situation where someone takes someone hostage and their main demand is I want the hostage dead. Republicans have a firing squad. It's circular. But the Democrats shoot everybody. So I like... Which is... Drunk. Get drunk. Yes. Yeah. Everybody needs to go to the bar. Mm-hmm. And it, it needs to be open bar. And they need to all get drunk. And like have a moment. Because that's what you do with a team when you're having a little bit of a problem. So I'm just going to state the obvious here to Dana Prino. is like, so if you have any recovering alcoholics in your team, I guess you're just... Oh, well. Just get them lit. I mean, I'm half kidding. But like ridiculous just go get drunk that's your that's your solution yikes okay next up this is the longest time jesse waters talks about this story last week this is it this is the whole clip brace yourself because boy primetime needs to issue an apology it appears we may have gotten a little ahead of ourselves kevin mccarthy is the house minority leader soon to be speaker who joins me now Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, joins us now. I'm just going to call you speaker and get it out of the way. So, speaker, yeah, I may have jumped the gun a little bit. So that's it. He just said basically he was the reason why Kevin McCarthy wasn't the speaker because he had prematurely called him speaker of the house for months. And then he played clips showing him calling him speaker of the house a few times. And that's it. He never brought up the story again. He mentioned it in passing once after that and that's it he didn't even talk about it on friday he didn't even talk about it on friday tucker carlson on the other hand of course went to a dark dark place meanwhile and it pains us to say this but it is true surrogates for kevin mccarthy are saying out loud if you don't support kevin mccarthy for speaker you're a terrorist of the neocons So now they're just coming out and telling you what they told you about Iraq. Either you're with us or you're against us. You're on the side of light or darkness. You're good or evil. Looking for a little Soviet-style politics? Watch this. What you just saw is the snarling face of the donor class, revealed for all to see finally. The deep loathing of disobedient voters that may be their most passionate secret emotion. But they're not bothering to hide that emotion anymore. Now you know how they really feel. Yeah, t- leave it to Tucker Carlson. Just go all the way to the pits of hell. Light or dark, you're with them or against them. They're planning to call you a terrorist. They're plotting against you. And again, as I said on Twitter um, the other day, the thing about Tucker that I, I don't know why it took me this long to notice it, but he has this crazy thing where he'll say something and go, and then what did he say? And then this happened. And then what happened? And then the man said to the lady, he talks to his audience as if they're like children and he's reading a storybook. And now that I've heard that, I can't unhear it. Now we're moving on to Hannity. This is your democratic, socialist, inclusive, woke party. Despite all the squawking from the Democrats, their friends in the media mob, this is not a crisis yet. It's not. And behind the scenes, I can tell you I spoke to many of them, and I urged many of them to work it out. And there's one other take here. Unlike Democrats, members of the Republican Party, they're not sheep who are, you know, will do what they are told. I didn't work my tail off in November to watch y'all look like a clown show on national television. That was Trey Gowdy, the voice that you just heard. 
which unmistakable because nobody else sounds like him. He sounds like an actual cartoon character, but that's his real voice. And he looks like an actual cartoon character. He's looking more and more like art. Is that intentional? As he gets older, the hair is getting more extreme, the, everything about him. But he had some great lines this week. He had some great lines. So go for it, Trey Gowdy. Actually, for the first time in my life, I was going, yeah, yeah, Trey Gowdy is right. And again, that was the second reference to Clown Show. There are three total. Um, Ingram did not appear on Wednesday because, again, her show was usurped by the death of the Pope. She completely lost her show on Wednesday night. So moving on to Thursday, it just keeps getting more and more ratcheted up. Now for this next clip, I jumped around from show to show because I was linking ideas together because I thought it was more important to do it that way. Now we have Representative Matt Gates, who's the most outspoken anti-McCarthy representative, and Representative Lauren Boebert, who is his cohort, who is just as worked up. And... Fox News starts giving them airtime. Like, here, let them talk. Let them fundraise. Let them get attention. And I'm thinking, isn't this a little backwards? So here you go. They are intent simply on blowing up the party, which they are doing, and this Congress. They do not care. You make don't like point? McCarthy, then shouldn't they have a solid candidate in the wings? Why don't they, they change it? Why don't they nominate Matt Gates? Matt Gates has been on the floor all the time. He's one of them. He uh, was the original holdout. He should be, the, and he has made it very clear, he will not in a million years vote for Kevin McCarthy. Hey, put Matt Gates up today. Let's see what happens to him. How many votes is he going to get? There have been 20. These 212 Democrats are going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries every single time. He is a historic candidate for them. They are not going to cleave off under any circumstance. I assure you that if Democrats join up to elect a moderate Republican, I will resign from the House of Representatives. That is how certain I am. I can assure okay. your viewers that won't happen. So because I was getting all these clips late Last week, because I decided to get the other primetime shows midweek, I was behind everybody else that covers Fox. I was just desperately trying to catch up. And when I saw that clip, I was like, oh, my goodness. And, of course, everybody had posted it all over Twitter. And it was one of those things where, like, say it ain't so, Matt Gates. Say it ain't so. Are you, do you really mean that? Because we'd love that. Please resign, you creepy weirdo. Please resign. You probably a pederast. Ugh. Happen. on uh, my vote for Kevin McCarthy under almost any circumstance, but it's important to note that all of those so it's points personal, you just then. presented. Wait, wait, hold, on, hold, on. hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, that's personal then. You, no, you no, just no. made this very principled point. No, no, you can't have it both ways. You can't say I am, I'm a man of principle and I believe in X, Y, and Z, but if he gives me X, Y, and Z, I'm not going to vote for him. So this next clip I accidentally got because uh, it was on the end of another capture I'd done. And I was like, oh, this is delicious. I have, I have to, I have to use this clip. And this is from uh, Harris Faulkner's show, at, which is midday. I've never actually watched it before. And this is Kat Kazmarek, who's a representative from Florida. And she kind of blames the Democrats for making fun of the Republicans in this debacle, as if it's somehow the Democrats' fault. And she has a line at the end that is just chef's kiss amazing. Just amazing. No self-awareness. Pandemic is in focus now. Popcorn, blankets, <laughs> and alcohol. And we have Twitter receipts from some of that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely we do, Harris. And it's like I almost struck a nerve there. If it wasn't true, why did they get so offended? I'm, I just can't figure that one out. But as, AO, as you said, AOC actually did uh, prove my point in grabbing drinks yesterday. But that's beside the point. You know, the Democrats want Republicans to be divided because they know that the greatest weapon that we have against the Biden regime is unity. So just in case you didn't hear that, because it kind of gets swallowed up in the next clip, as she says, the greatest weapon the Republicans have against the Biden administration is unity. Just let that sit. Are you out of your mind? (laughs) This is a party that just spent four days at each other's throats. A man actually charged Matt Gaetz after his, like, 14th, 14th vote no, basically voted no, the equivalent of no, for McCarthy. Another rep charged him and was held back by other representatives. This woman actually said the greatest weapon the Republicans have against the Biden administration is their unity. All right. Okay, lady. Just like Biden's a socialist. Tell yourself that. Just tell yourself that. Insane. And speaking of insane, we have Tucker Carlson. He's just lost the 11th round trying to be speaker. And it's funny how we're supposed to feel about this. We're all supposed to be highly upset, outraged, appalled, on the verge of tears. I think a lot of the emotions are, though, Tucker, that we only have one third of the government. All of our dreams to stop this madness are now invested in the House. The last voice that you heard is Victor Davis Hanson. He's of the Hoover Institute. I just got a kick out of the quote that we have all our dreams tied up in the House. All our dreams. It just made me chuckle because I thought, what dreams? To completely get rid of all reproductive rights for women? Like, you're going to get rid of birth control? Are you going to force black people to just say, oh, racism doesn't exist anymore, guys. Just shut up. You know, huh? Are you going to take all LGBTQ people and shove them back in the closet? Because I don't see what your dreams are other than lower taxes. I don't, I don't know because that's all I hear. That, you hate migrants. You hate all these other groups and, you know, the world would be better off if we had lower taxes and that's all I hear. And then you falsely claim that a fairly moderate president is a socialist. That's Fox News for you. And that is Victor Davis Hanson. And finally, Laura Ingram just comes out and says the obvious. And I'm like, thank you. You're the first person I've seen on Fox to actually just come out and say this. If the party had won more seats, he probably would have had an easy time sailing into the speakership. But despite the huge sums of money that he helped raise for the party, there wasn't a red wave. So here we are. Now, now this last series of clips is my favorite ones to put together because they sort of give up the store. Now, the night before this, I didn't include these clips because they were kind of a mess. And just for time, they're in the Twitter thread, but they're not on the podcast because I just thought it was too long. But it was uh, Lauren Boebert appeared on Sean Hannity and basically just fought with him for over 10 minutes in the segment he calls the hot seat. He's like revamping his show because his show has dropped in the ratings so much because it's boring. And now I think he's actually his improvements are actually better. Like he has a live audience and he's trying new segments. He's trying to liven it up. Well, he had her on for over 10 minutes and she openly admits in this next segment when he had her on again, uh, you know. Part of the motivation for why she might have been such a quote-unquote rebel. 
Fox News is feeding the beast. And it's just, they're feeding the beast. They're taking these crazy people, they're elevating them, they're making more money, they're becoming more famous, and they cannot stop. So Fox News is a huge part of this problem, and the next series of clips reveal this completely. This first clip is from Fox and Friends, and the voice that you may not recognize is Pete Hegseth, because it was, they, I, I don't know if they took Ducey off on purpose because he kept going rogue, or if he just had the day off, but it was Pete Hegseth, um, Kilmeade, and Aaron Hart. Yeah, Matt Gates fundraising email. Uh, Andy Biggs fundraising email. Well, I get fundraising emails from Kevin McCarthy, too, right now. I mean, this is what politicians do. They raise money. Uh, I think there is a principal position. But on standing up, standing off. uh, All the time. They do it all the time. I mean, on on politicians of both parties do it all the time. Constituents are going to give money on this issue. When they say, we'll vote for you if you give us X, Y, and Z, and he gives you X, Y, and Z, and there's still holdouts, then maybe Dan Crenshaw's right. It's fundraising, and Dan Crenshaw said the other day on our show that these individuals just like being on TV. So what's even funnier about that is Ansley Anhart just said, these individuals just like being on TV. It's been rumored for months and months and months that she's dating Sean Hannity. Uh, They're not married. Neither one's married, so who cares? But consenting adults, it's all good. But it's just funny because Hannity had on Bobert again for 10 minutes and then the same night she just said that he has Matt Gates and Bobert on at the same time for like almost 5 minutes so you're feeding the beast okay this next one is Trey Gowdy and this is the time the one time I've ever agreed with every word out of Trey Gowdy's mouth I was like yes Yes, yes, he actually said this the day before, but I included it in this clip because it fits so perfectly. This is their only moment to be on national television opposing another Republican. So So, y'all get behind Kevin. You got your motion to vacate. As it relates to President Trump, they love him when they need a pardon. They love him when they need attention. But when he says, Kevin's my person, all of a sudden they know better. I mean, they know better than the Republican conference. Kevin got 85% of the vote. And this, ne- and this next clip is Laura Ingram confronting Representative Matt Gates, who again got even more airtime on her show. It's like if you act like a crazy brat and throw a fit on the, you know, f- floor of the house, Fox News is going to interview you. That's basically what they were doing. They interviewed a couple moderates, but it was almost all these Freedom Caucus nut jobs. And so now these guys can sell books, they can raise money, they can get more speaking engagements, the whole nine yards, because Fox is fueling this. Held America hostage for your PR or to raise money. I know Andy Biggs was sending out fundraisers. I mean, everybody's because pro McCarthy groups have actually been running robocalls in our districts trying to pressure us and leverage us. So, yes. When you have Kevin McCarthy utilizing his extensive political resources to battle against House conservatives, we want the great patriots all throughout this land to go to MattGates.com, chip in, so that I can fight back and get a message out about the great things that we are working to achieve. I honestly don't know why you'd need money to throw a fit on the floor of the House. You know, because robocalls, what, you, that doesn't even make any sense. You're not up for re-election for two more years. Why on earth do you need money to throw a fit on the floor of the House? It flat out doesn't make sense because you will not, you're not facing re-election for two more years. Not like two weeks, two years. So whatever, buddy. That's just grifting. This next one is Hannity confronting Boebert 
about the fact that she's doing the exact same thing. Wait, Laura, Congresswoman, can we settle something? We had a passionate debate this week. We did. Now, hey, Sean, I, I welcome you to get passionate like that all the time because LaurenForFreedom.com blew up that <laughs> night. <laughs> I hope I raised a lot of money for your next campaign. So what the heck is wrong with you, Sean Hannity? You cannot lament the plight of Kevin McCarthy for two days straight and then put the same people who are tormenting him and making his life hell on your program. She just admitted it. She goes on your program to fight with you to make money. She will not face re-election for two more years. And you are fueling this monster that you claim, you claim you love the Republican Party, conservative values, you are speeding up the demise. And the next time something huge hits that floor, she's going to do the same thing and you're going to invite her back and this the cycle continues. Now, these next two clips I just stuck on here because I thought they were funny. The third reference to Clown Show, which is made by Reince Priebus, and then Greg Gutfeld sums it all up for us. There's that 4% in the middle. And, and, and they don't believe a thing we're saying. And what they're watching right now is a total and complete clown like show. Broken up over this. Nobody's dying. Nobody's being attacked. <laughs> this is what politicians do. They pull it. National security they threat, just, Yeah, they just waste our time. So I just want to correct one little thing that Reince Priebus said there that's a little confusing because the audio is not so great. He, right before that, I couldn't fit the whole quote in. He said, because it was kind of meandering. 30% uh, Democrat, 30% Republican, 40% are in the middle. But the way the audio is, is, was kind of poor, it sounds, sounds like he said 4%. He's, he said 40. So, yeah, and he's right. He is right. And that's why I always think of the people in the middle, the people in the middle, a lot of which can be swayed one way or the other. And when the two parties forget about the people in the middle, it's when they lose. That's when they lose. you got to think about the people in the middle. And think about your base. But anyway, that was the um, Speaker of the House debacle, the fiasco, the meltdown. We're going to be in for a long two years because I have a feeling that those crazy people who want to be on TV and want to make a lot of money are going to throw more fits. So Hannity, like sheep, can invite them on his show, get ratings and be like, yeah, my ratings went up because I had a crazy person on my show. And oh, no, they're ruining the Republican Party. Well, you know, hey. I could tell you some, whatever. You're not going to listen. You don't care. Foxes, it's it's just, it's, it's a, uh, anyway. But thank you for listening. That's the end of the podcast. I'll be back with the next one, uh, the regular weekly podcast of other material that wasn't uh, related to the Speaker of the House vote, which there's plenty. And Odin and Thor, my, poscot, my podcast mascot, send their love, the cats. And if you want to contribute, please go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. And I will see you at the next podcast Thank you so much. I'm completely exhausted. I have not really done anything but work for like two weeks. Hopefully we'll get better next week. Please don't let anything huge happen. I just, every week I say this, just let it be a slow news week. Just let it be nice and boring and that would be great. Thank you so much.